you the answers. And some seriously fucked up shit. Why'd you do a podcast with three witches, Chris? Uh, well, <laughs> I know, right? Two witches and one one bicurious one bicurious witch. Bicurious witch. One bicurious witch. She's bihexual. <laughs> this is Freaks and Geeks. Hello, world, and welcome back to Freaks and Geeks. <laughs> I'm here Holy- to appease my wife. <laughs> Holy Richard Dawson. <laughs> Are you a secret CIA operative too? <laughs> the bananas are ripe. I actually know a guy named Richard Dodson. They- Rick- Dick Dodson? Rick, Do- Rick Dawson. Dick Dawson. Rick Dawson. I mean, I guess he could call him Dick Dawson. <laughs> Is that a real person? Yeah. Richard Dawson was a game show host that hosted like, what? uh, Family Feud. Family Feud. Feud. There was another one that was like two contestants and they were like in front of a panel of six celebrities Mm. and they were like trying to all figure out they played the same, like the match game or some crap. To tell the truth? Is that it? No, I don't remember. Uh, Hollywood Squares? No. I don't know. Match game. Yeah, I think it's the match game. I used to watch it on the like game show network back when you no know, there was a bajillion channels to watch back in the day on cable. I <laughs> didn't have that. Yeah, I guess that was just, you know, just lucky to be me. Living then. Living, living the dream. Life. <laughs> mm. No, this is when I was a kid. Oh. But yeah, welcome back. That has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today, but Nope. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Absolutely not. Like you can be farther from what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Today, um You want me to try to connect it? Go ahead. Oh, oh god, please, please do. Please. Oh, this All ought right, to give be me good. A second. Oh, the <laughs> the wheels are turning. Oh. Right. Yes. It's coming. I'm thinking. Hold on, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you raise me up and you bring me down. I got it. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Okay, you ready? Excited. Okay. Yes. Hold on. Sam oh. Rockwell played Richard Dawson in a movie that I can't remember the name of right now. Okay. 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 <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I got to connect it. Sam Rockwell was also in. The movie version of the Chuck Palahniuk book, Choke. Chuck Palahniuk also wrote Fight Club, which had Meatloaf in it. Meatloaf, no. Meatloaf Meatloaf was in Fight Club, no, with Brad Pitt, who was in Interview with a Vampire, which took place in Louisiana and in the scene on his plantation before his house was burned down. The slaves were practicing voodoo. Synchronicities. <laughs> Why'd you do a podcast for three witches, Chris? I, well, <laughs> I know, right? Two witches and one, one bicurious, one bicurious witch, bicurious witch, one bicurious witch. She's bihexual. <laughs> oh my god, that's perfect. Amazing. Today. We are <laughs> today. We are discussing the religion known as voodoo, and uh, it was it was meant to be sort of like a one-two punch with our hoodoo episode. Although you know, last week we decided to put out uh, um, 
a little bit of a a special episode due to current events, but today we are are going to do sort of a an overview on voodoo. And to be honest, straight up front, um, none of us, as we've said in the past, are um, initiated into the voodoo religion. Voodoo is very is a very closed religion, so a lot of their practices are you know um, closed off to those who aren't in the religion itself. So what we're going to do today is we're just going to do kind of a broad overview, you know, history of it, some of some of the things that they use as, you know, as well as uh, a prominent voodoo figure that I'm pretty sure most people already know of. Yeah, and also if you're listening to this and you maybe are initiated, <clears throat> by all means, you know, send us whatever if we get something wrong don't be afraid to reach out to us and let yes, us know please do. Um, we certainly want to learn uh, that's part of why we do this we always pick topics that we're all interested in um, and this is something that we have been interested in for a really long time um, specifically learning more about it and trying to um, figure out you know what the central themes are and that kind of thing so yeah I mean I've I've had a growing interest in it since we went to New Orleans. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, that really cemented things. I mean, we were, I think we were both really interested in it to begin with, but then just when you walk down the streets in Louisiana and Stacey, I know that you've been there as well, like in New Orleans, it's just like an electrifying. It literally permeates everything. Yeah, you can feel the magic in the air and it's, um, now it sounds like Disney World, but. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's a good, I mean, it's a way to put it. It's like you, there's something different about that city. Yeah. You yes, just feel there it. is. Yes. And I can feel that when I was there as well. It was a little disappointing to find out that there are plenty of like shops that are in there that, you know, they'll say they're voodoo shops that aren't actually voodoo shops. They're just sort of playing off of the. Well, and some of them really are. Well, yes, I there mean, are, there's definitely, there are like, definitely voodoo shops down there, but you, you, it's very easy to, to get. Like, they did these certain people like to play it up and yeah. for the for tourism, which but, is a little sad mm-hmm. considering you know it is a legit religion, but you know it's not like you walk around and see welcome to the Catholic store, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, Cokesbury, you know, what Co- Cokesbury, Cokesbury, what's Cokesbury? That's like a Christian bookstore, yeah, on Lifeway. Oh, yeah. I okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I used to love Cokesbury back in the day. Uh, but before we can get into this fantastic topic, we have to know who's talking to the people. Okay. And and today we I I figured it appropriate to to um to associate you with voodoo spirits. Okay. So April, you're up first. Let me make sure I got the right name. Yep. You are Ogun. O-G-U-N. Ogun, maybe. And I will tell you why. Uh, it's a spirit associated with warriors, blacksmith, and the wheels of justice. Mm, that does sound like me. <laughs> it does sound like you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Always in need of some justice. Uh, then we have Stacy, And for you, uh, it was... The spirit Oshun, who is the goddess connected to rivers, streams, and water, and associated mm. with beauty and sexuality as well as love and pleasure. Some oh, people would you. also say 
that um, Beyonce's Lemonade album was basically a was just an homage to Oshun. She was she was basically channeling Oshun, and a lot of it in the way that you see it is because she's floating in water at the very beginning of she it. She is, but also there's a lot of water themes there. But also one of her colors is like a very vibrant yellow, mm-hmm. and Beyonce wears that a lot in her music videos. For that is Beyonce album. a practitioner of voodoo? Well, we don't know, and I certainly am not going to claim that on our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, but it's interesting parallels, I guess. It certainly seems like she was making a big nod to that. Interesting. Okay. God loves the. I love the Lemonade album. Sorry, I know you do. I mean, so far these are Orishas, and mm-hmm. there are people outside of the practice of voodoo that do work with the Orishas. Well, last up, we have we have Carrie. And Carrie, uh, I gave you Dembala. I believe I said it right. Creator who helped the god Banye make the cosmos and is a representative by a giant serpent. Well, <laughs> that, that already right in itself is a parallel. <laughs> Slytherin. And coils, coils shape the heavens and earth and is the keeper of knowledge, wisdom, and healing magic. It was mainly the keeper mm. of knowledge, but. I didn't okay, even put, I didn't even put I didn't even put together the Slytherin part, but you know, we got there in the end. <laughs> I didn't give myself one. I didn't feel I was it was uh, anywhere really appropriate for me. What? Yeah, I just didn't find one that it matched me. Or really looked for one that matched me, to be quite honest. <laughs> I like giving them to you. I don't like bestowing one upon myself. Feels weird. Why are you looking at me like that? This is an audio medium. Nobody can hear your stare. I think they can all hear me blinking my eyes <laughs> I, at you. I think I they think, all I can. Think, honestly, I think regular <laughs> listeners can definitely hear your stare. Yeah, they know. They know. They know. They know. If you know, you know, right? All right. Well, then what would you use? Um... Because I think that's more fun than me giving myself one is having you actually. I mean, at first blush, like without actually doing a whole lot of research and I'm not the <clears throat> the most in tune with it, but um, or, or the most knowledgeable by any means. But I would say that the very first one I would pick for you would be uh, Papa Legba or Alegua and depending on where you're coming from mm-hmm. um, because he is the master of the crossroads and much like you were the master of the crossroads for this podcast. Um, and you, <laughs> he also likes um, playing cards, which you like a lot. Um, his, one of his like things that he enjoys um, are dogs or dog symbolism. And you obviously like dogs. Um, His colors are black and red. So, you know, that's kind of like Harley Quinn-esque, right? So Mm -hmm. the Batman. And then um, he also loves keys. He loves sweets. Like, yeah. That was good. Yeah, well, he's he's kind of the first guy to come to, um, in theory, right? Again, this is in my limited knowledge, right? So, I, again, I'm not initiated. I am not a practitioner. But um, in my limited knowledge, he is the first person you would have to come to in order to reach the rest of the well, that's, you know, Orishas. I think the stuff that I was going through while doing the script, it was like it, when they're when reaching out, he is the one that you have to go to because he has to open the door for the spirits to come through. And you always open the door to the podcast. So 
just, I mean, this is true. <laughs> I kind of, all right. All right I feel good we, about that. Yeah, okay. Good job. <laughs> On the spot. <laughs> just a little sweaty. Don't mind me. <laughs> we got there at the end and it was a, it was a good, good decision. All right. Well, right off the top, let's get something straight. All right, let's talk real for a second. Okay. Yeah. Voodoo is not inherently evil practice or religion because um, a lot of people have that misconception. Yeah, they think the voodoo is all negative and dangerous and mysterious. It's not. While there may be people who utilize it for nefarious purposes, that number is surely limited. And I would assume those people are not recognized as actual practitioners by the religion that is voodoo. So like uh, the way that I was looking at it is a steak knife isn't an evil object. Use right. it to cook food. But if you stab somebody in the face with it, it is an evil object. It's dependent on how you use it. Yeah. It's a tool. Anything's a weapon if you're resourceful enough. Very true. And that and just so voodoo is a is a vehicle. It is a tool to be used. And in most cases, in almost all cases, it's used for good purposes, healing. It's used for, you know, celebrating one's ancestors or reaching out or asking for good fortune or, you know, uh, nothing inherently bad about it. So what you see in The Princess and the Frog with, <laughs> what, what, God, I can never remember his name. Dr. Facilier. Yes. That's not it. Mm -hmm. he, is, he is a media projection of what... Um, what uh, pop culture turned voodoo into basically as a way to scare people. Well, I don't want to like already jump on your back here, but, <clears throat> and I'm not saying the voodoo is evil, but I, I do think that to a certain extent, that's not a hundred percent off base. The portrayal is not a hundred percent off base. And what I mean by that, to be clear, is that I think that, in my mind, again, uneducated, right? We're about to get educated by Chris, who's done a lot of research here. Um, but in my mind, we have the foundation that's built, at least in Louisiana, right? So we're not talking about all... All, all variations. Yeah, variations of voodoo, because there are different variations. But the, the Louisiana-based um, voodoo is built on a foundation of Catholicism. Mm -hmm. And then from there, voodoo is like the the exotic flavorful icing on top of the Catholicism cake. Um, and that was born from people being in a position where they had no power and they wanted to feel <clears throat> like they did. Now, whether that was through the use of, um, you know, maybe not the most ethical means or not they were in a situation that caused them to have to reach out to that or to want to reach out to anything that would give them the power that they they needed to be able to live their lives in all reality i mean we're talking about slavery and you know the um minimization uh, of complete people, people groups and I, stuff like that and cultures i think what you're i think what you're starting to get to lends more towards hoodoo than voodoo because hoodoo as as we talked about with the root work is the magical working with like you know with herbs and stuff like that where voodoo itself is a religion where it's 
based on communing with the spirits and which what they consider to be the one creator God above the spirits. Right. Well, I think what you're saying is the practice versus spiritualism, mm-hmm. like religious, right? Dianetics versus Scientology. But even within <laughs> even within religions, there still is going to be some amount of practice. Yes. And we can't necessarily, especially in this case, we can't necessarily separate those two because with voodoo comes ritual. Yeah. And ritual is the art of practice. Hmm. I understand what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, I... I, I have no doubt that there has definitely been times where voodoo has been used as a, a medium to conjure up some ill-fated, inta- ill-fated <laughs> intentions towards people. Or justice. Justice, retribution. Know, in all reality. <clears throat> um, but the the overarching point is it's not it's not what you think of if you've never known anything of voodoo except for what you've seen in media. Right. I agree. It's not raising zombies from the dead. It's not creating voodoo dolls and poking them with needles to make somebody suffer. It's not any of that at all. Well, it's not raising zombies from the dead because zombies aren't dead. Right. Technically. I... I don't know what to do with you. Well, I mean, she's right, though, right? So so not so much in Louisiana. That may be the greatest compliment someone's ever given me. <laughs> Thank you. It really is a compliment. Well, not so much in Louisiana voodoo, but in, I think, was it Haitian voodoo? Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, technically, I think Louisiana voodoo is actually an offshoot of Haitian voodoo. Yes, but, yes it is. Okay, yes. so in Haitian voodoo, they do have rituals that... Yep. Turn people into zombies like they do. Yep. Um, quote, quote, zombies, not real zombies. And symbolic zombies. And there definitely are the use of voodoo dolls. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yes. There and are the use of, and all there's the use of voodoo dolls. But the, the misconception I was trying to get rid of is that they're used for nefarious purposes of where, like, you make you take the hair of somebody, you put it, you tie it to this voodoo doll, and then you have a power over this person to where you wish to make, make them suffer by doing weird things to the doll. I mean, who doesn't? want to do that but the use of voodoo dolls is much more of a of a healing nature in voodoo not not evil interesting (laughs) i think with all magic it's in the user Mm -hmm. and their intentions yes not in the magic itself yes you give it magic the magic was in you all along yeah it's just a focusing of the magic through the use of a doll shaped like a human. We actually have two voodoo dolls it's a, sitting over it's here. It's a talisman to direct your intention. Yeah. That, that'd be a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. All right. I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, Louisiana voodoo, as we said, that's what we're covering today, is a blend of a few different practices and traditions. At its base is a core belief in rituals that come from West Africa. Very similar to what we covered with root work and hoodoo, the word Voodoo, depending on what language you look at from West Africa, means ancestor or spirit. And that this gives a very clear starting point to what the religion is truly based around. And another thing to note is that voodoo is really the Americanized version of what first came over with the African people taken during the transatlantic slave trade. It, it was originally called voodoo. And I actually had to look that up because that's what it's actually called, voodoo. But for all intents and purposes today, voodoo is a commonly accepted way to refer to the religion. And so that's how we shall do it to, to disrupt any confusion. But voodoo, I think, is the like 
proper way that they refer to it. Do yeah, they I say think so. Vodou or Vodun. Vodun. Um, yeah. And it. Mm-hmm. Do they say it all twangy like you do, Christopher? I. Why? Bodu. Bodu. <laughs> I don't think they say it that way. No, they don't. They. I believe they say it much more, much, uh, much better than I do. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. So once arriving in Louisiana, the practices brought with the African slaves started to mix with the dominant religion that was Catholicism. And this was mostly in part to the fact that Catholicism was pushed very heavily on the enslaved peoples. Very similar to what we saw with root work in uh, Southern Baptist. Thanks, Stacy. I know. <laughs> so so much so that if they were found practicing anything that wasn't of the Catholic persuasion, they would be horribly punished or even killed. Literally, laws saying that if you find. Uh, if you find an enslaved person practicing something that wasn't Catholicism, you have the right to kill them, which is horrible. So voodoo practitioners would conceal their true rituals and symbols behind a facade of Catholic iconography, substituting St. Peter for Papa Legba, for example. That's right. You're not going to get us all, Stacy. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, that makes sense because they both kind of serve the same purpose. As you were saying, Papa Legba is the guardian or gatekeeper to the spirit Jeez. world. Right. Yeah, what is St. Right. Peter? St. Peter the is supposed to... In which the church was built. Yeah, and he's also supposed to and be he's the... he's got the key- keys to heaven. Keys he's to got heaven. the keys to heaven. <clears throat> so there, there's... It's not without... It wasn't like taking one saint just to throw it onto something else just so you didn't know what it was. There was act, there was reason for the parallels. And so over time, Catholic practices would become more ingrained in Louisiana voodoo and become more of a centralized part of the religion. Although in more recent times, there have been pushes to bring the religion back to its African roots. So more modern practitioners of Louisiana voodoo have looked to um, less, less about using Catholic figures and more of just straight like this is what papa looks like got and, it and and the the original religion that I mean, voodoo is the descendant of yes. bodan is still actively practiced mm-hmm. by the um aja yui and fawn peoples and benin toga ghana and nigeria and igbo i believe as well if i'm not mistaken um, let me check for you. I mean, it, and that's one of the, the things that I, I think is important to get, get across to people is like, this is literally a full-blown religion. Yes. Like when, when people think religion, mo- most individuals, the common man will say, most likely they're going to think of three things. They're going to think of Christianity. They're going to think of Islam. They're going to think of Judaism. Like the right. big three. But What's important to understand is there's so much more out there that qualifies as a religion. And then, of course, I mean, you obviously get into gray areas when you're talking about stuff, you know, like Scientology and all that stuff. Although we've already had our talk on <laughs> Mr. L. Ron Hubbard, so we won't have yeah, we Chris, won't open not go down that. We won't open that road again. But I think I, I, I will say what like what voodoo as a religion is, is kind of showing is well, at least from what we can see, is an inha- an inherently 
good practice at its core where it's based around speaking with your ancestors connect it's connecting with your ancestors it's keeping alive your family history is really at the base of it never forgetting where you came from and a a big part of voodoo and why and a, another reason why it's so secret is there's nothing written nothing is written down there's no like bible for voodoo like you know there is for christianity it's all word of mouth it's all based off of my i learned this from my my parents and my parents learned it from their parents it's all oral tradition which That's is really cra- cool. which is crazy to me mm-hmm. that it's last lasted so long just based off of oral tradition which shows you how important it must be to this entire you know culture of people it's it's bonkers when you start thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty wild when you think about it. Because, I mean, I can't even, you know, <clears throat> relay notes I took in the meeting correctly sometimes. So it's like... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you inherent, I mean? Like, you, you always think of stuff that gets passed down from person to person to person is a long game of telephone that gets changed right, over and over and over. gets changed just a little bit. But there's so much that's remained the same over these hundreds of years. It's crazy and fantastic. Well, that's it though, right? I mean, that's the that's the dedication and the devotion to it. And that's, you know, if it's part of who you are and, mm-hmm. you know, that's because Keep it as important. true as possible. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's a part of your worship is spreading the message. So Louisiana voodoo is also called New Orleans voodoo. And something specific to the city of New Orleans, there is a location within the city that the enslaved people would congregate every Sunday. In April, I think you and I visited this place. Yes, we when, did. When it was we gorgeous. Went there. And this place is known as Congo Square. And it is located in Armstrong Park in the neighborhood of uh, Treme. I believe that's how they said it. Uh, and Congo Square to this day holds a very special significance to practitioners of voodoo, as this is where their ancestors would perform rituals and come together during the time of slavery. So every Sunday, the enslaved peoples would have the day quote unquote off. Pretty much they just weren't working in the fields. So right. they were allowed to go to church. And then after the service, they would jump the fence into Congo Square and then practice their customs and traditions that they would bring from Africa. So a bunch of, a lot of singing, dancing, you know, playing of drums, honoring spirits and ancestors. And all of the enslaved peoples would go into the square. So like there weren't going to be any you know, slave owners that walked up and been like, hey, you need to get back to work because they probably would have never been seen again. <laughs> uh, no when no to hold them, no when to fold them kind of thing. Here's right. to hoping. And, um, and I, I think over time it just became a tradition in the city of New Orleans. And as long as... You know, the enslaved peoples were back by, uh, I believe it was by sundown. The owners didn't care. Which, I mean, I don't want to say good on them because we shouldn't have that conversation to begin with. But at least they weren't, (laughs) at least they weren't out hunting them from day one. Right. They were allowed to practice what they wanted, like what they wanted to practice. And so within Congo Square, there's one spot. That is very important. And that is the ancestor tree. And this 
this tree is where people will come and they bring offering and pray to the spirits or ancestors to assist them with whatever issues they may be facing or needs they would like to be addressed. It is not uncommon to see coins, fruit, seashells, alcohol, or many other commonly available items laid at the base of the tree. In fact, there is a special tradition with some of the offerings that are used. So whenever fruit or vegetables are brought in and their seeds get planted into the ground, the resulting fruit from those seeds will be used to feed the homeless within New Orleans. Huh. So say like, uh, I, I actually think there was, a, there was a pumpkin that somebody brought and the seeds ended up getting into the ground and then the pump, pumpkin was starting to sprout up. And so once it came you know, to maturity, it would be taken, you know, cooked or how, however they prepared it and then given to the homeless population. That's pretty cool. That is cool. That is yeah. really cool. Providing a service. I like it. Now, we would be doing this subject a disservice if we didn't acknowledge one other major influence on current Louisiana or New Orleans voodoo. And that would be the practice of Haitian voodoo, which April brought up earlier. Which is different than Louisiana voodoo. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's different from Louisiana voodoo as it has its own customs, traditions, and practices. So the best way to look at it would be like how Protestant and Catholicism are similar, but at the same time different. That makes sense. Same but different. One protested and the other one didn't. <laughs> sure. Protestantism is an offshoot of Catholicism. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They- Protested. Martin Luther. Indeed, that's correct. Yeah, it's Martin yes. Luther. Yeah, he's, it's the Martin one who Luther. Put, he's the one who put... Oh, the, I'm thinking of the Church of England. <laughs> well, that was just made so a man could divorce his wife. Yeah. Yeah, that's the <laughs> Anglican Church. Yes, the yeah. Anglican Church. So, in 1803, a large amount of people fleeing from the Haitian revolutions that was going on as they were rising up against the French colonial powers at the time uh, a large amount of people from there flee to new orleans and that's where a lot of that haitian voodoo influence started to come into what is now louisiana voodoo and oh, okay <clears throat> and i think at one point there was like ten thousand refugees well now i'm a little creeped out why this candle that we lit earlier is from the 1803 candle company Synchronicities. <laughs> oh, we're just we're just on it today. <laughs> so from these influences, we get what we know today as Louisiana voodoo. And honestly, besides some of the written history of it, we know surprisingly little of the religion. Secrecy is still a huge part of those who practice it. Multiple vows of secrecy are taken by those who are initiated, a tradition that dates back all the way to the days of slavery, which seemed to be a very common aspect of African-based practices, but completely understandable, as you didn't want to be caught practicing anything that wasn't what the slave owners were pushing. Right. And that's why it's important to stress that none of us are initiated in it because (laughs) (laughs) we don't have any of the secrets. Uh, Yes, that 100 percent. Keep 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 bringing it up. No, we ain't got no secrets. We got no secrets. We lay all of our cards out on the table. We got a lot of our cards from Wikipedia. 
I don't get a lot. I don't get a lot of my cards from Wikipedia. I know he didn't. I'm joking. He, <laughs> Chris did all the research for this, and he didn't go to Wikipedia. I mean, I I will pull it up, but anything on Wikipedia that I see, I verify with anything like with other sources that I go to. He did Already find a guy that he publicly available. Yep. Yes. Information. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> An academia. I I mean, if if college teaches you anything, it's how to research. Well, yes, it does. And you have a guy that you really like who you did a lot of research with this time. I who love it. It's Roby Gilmore is his name. And he's uh, a priest, a voodoo priest that's in New Orleans. And like he's made it his goal to dispel a, a bunch of misconceptions about voodoo to oh people who come in to people who come to the city, you know, mainly like tourists and stuff like that. Um, but he's fantastic. He's a fantastic, you know, storyteller. And it's, I would, I would just go and listen to him talk about it as much as he would be willing to talk about it. It's great. We should meet him when we go down to. Uh, I would enjoy doing that. I would enjoy doing that. So let's fucking do it. Some of the things that we do know about voodoo are some of the things they use or some of the objects that are used within rituals. The This includes items such as brick dust, grave dust, Florida water, April. <laughs> I love Florida water. <laughs> Takes baths and that shit. I do. And I also clean with it. It's just... It's a natural disinfectant. It is a natural disinfectant. Um, so... In my mind, it is, it has cleansing properties. It just, you can like feel it when you use Florida water. Like I feel refreshed and like. It smells good. It does smell good. It smells amazing. I feel refreshed. I feel renewed. Like, oh no, that's some, that's some good shit. Highly recommend. Can I ask ask a question? Yeah. What, What is grave dust? Is that dirt from a graveyard or is that like a headstone that's broken off and piece Mm -mm. of headstone broken off and ground down or I mean it certainly can be but mostly it is dirt from a graveyard right okay Mm -hmm. and there's certain types of funny enough okay so Reverend Patience who we all know right we had her on the show we've had her on the show several times but um she actually posted today about how to harvest grave dirt mm, effectively yes. and what different categories, the different categories meant and like when huh. you would want specific graves over others. And, you know, it's not just about walking into a cemetery and grabbing a jar of dirt that has nothing to do with it or is the smallest part of the whole experience. You need to, um, number one, enter the cemetery properly and with respect and, you know, give an offering and request to enter, request to use the the dirt of the grave that you're going to. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you need to choose a person within the graveyard that is appropriate or something that she didn't have on there, or at least that I didn't read in her post today. Um, actually, we'll, we'll probably repost it on Freaks and Geeks. But one of the things that she, I don't think she did mention is that you don't also have to get any dirt from a grave. You could just harvest it from one of the plants in the cemetery and get the collective good of the cemetery to use mm-hmm. in your practice um so that is something that we do use i wonder if that would float more towards hoodoo though 
Well, yeah. I mean, so it, it's not just voodoo that uses it's the, grape the rice. Venn right. diagram. Right. Yes. <laughs> but, right. Yeah. There's several. There's several practices that use grape. In fact, I've got graveyard dirt upstairs right now um, that I so harvested. So what you're so what you're explaining is not a voodoo use of graveyard dust, grave dust. What you're it's explaining is how to be the you same. Use it like like a pagan practice. Uh, not really pagan. Um, more hoodoo, but it's going to be uh, like pretty much the same. Yeah, she's not be... saying the use of it. She's saying how how it's acquired. Right. And not just that, oh, but okay. like yeah. the purposes that it would be used for, right? So like, for instance, if you... Uh, this is a terrible example. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the only one I can think of right now. So let's say that you had a friend that you wanted to work a spell for who was in a terrible relationship. Um, she was being abused. Um, you would want to get the dirt from a victim of abuse. Again, requesting it and asking permission before you took it and then leaving an offering because in essence, her spirit that at that point would have, um, infused, infused the soil, if you would, would be a spirit of justice, of, um, support of caring and strength and all of these things that you wish to push towards your friend. So you would take that dirt and then you would work a ritual with that dirt. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's true of hoodoo, that's true of voodoo, that's true of almost any magical practices that would use graveyard dirt. Oh, okay. So Interesting. The, the, you always ask permission. The dirt that we have upstairs is um, dirt from one of the oldest cemeteries in Texas. And we had the opportunity to stop by this. This Actually, there's a bunch of pictures of us actually harvesting it. But um, we had the opportunity to stop by this past summer when... or fall i guess when we were doing the ghost tour oh you and heather right me heather and gabby and we were able to secure this dirt now i have dirt from a plant in the cemetery right so that's kind of the collective use of the cemetery but then i also have dirt from us from a military member that had passed and we we did the research ahead of time we knew exactly where we were going we had already reached out to him and just kind of had a little conversation about whether that would be okay or not but he was a military member and so that dirt specifically is not meant for any illicit purposes it's mostly meant for um honor and strength and courage and um you know being mentally emotionally and spiritually strong and like all of these really good things bolstering so it only strengthens things it strengthens me mm-hmm. it strengthens the the work that i do with it does that make sense yes okay what is the brick dust for because i know you've brick dust. brick dust um before. brick dust will kind of cement things together it'll make uh. things stronger it'll um brick dust is is kind of like It's kind of like the egg in the pancake mix. It's holding it together. It's holding it all together. It's cementing it all together Mm. like a brick, right? Um, And it can also cause increased movement, right? Depending on the spell that you're using. So if you're using red brick brick dust, it can also mean that somebody is spinning their wheels. They're trying to go somewhere. They're trying to travel. They're trying to, like it could be forward movement or it could be stagnant. It depends on what you pair it with, right? Um, Like pepper, you know? Like black pepper? Yeah, Mm. pepper. 
you could mean spending somebody up, getting them, you know, like agitated or moving. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it symbolizes a lot of movement, but you can also add it to something else to increase efficacy, right? Make it a little bit more fiery, a little bit more potent. Potent. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. This is fun. <laughs> it brings us so much. Um, it's only in, and here. Okay. So let me help you. <laughs> Since you, Stacey, you're bisexual, right? Um, <laughs> Way to work it in. Way to work it in. <laughs> so good. We had to bring it in. <laughs> um, we, here's the thing. And this is what something that Reverend Patience again taught me when I was a baby. Um, a baby witch. What do you think that the people in Congo Square, that's what we were just talking about. The people in Congo Square had their workings, they had rituals, they had things that they were doing. Do you think that they had access to marge, sweet marjoram and rosemary and, you know, they were using things that were all around them. And sometimes they would use things and they would assign things meaning because they simply had it at their disposal. It didn't, you right. know, it doesn't have to be like you, you don't have to have the eye of newt that you collected on the third full moon in, you know, in the first quarter of the year when the temperature is exactly 57 degrees and it's, you know, whatever you don't have. To, that's not it. That's not how it works. It works because of the intention that they put into it. Exactly. The belief that they put into it. So anything. It works because you believe it does. So there's categories of things. There's categories of herbs. There's categories of rocks. There's categories of all these things. Either it's it's just like alcohol, right? Either it's going to send you up. It's going to send you down. Or it's gonna it's gonna set you on fire. It's gonna do these things. There's really only these this many things, these many options, right? And however you want to get there is however you want to get there. Pepper is something to spin you up and speed you up and make you move around. Why? Because if you eat pepper, that's what you're gonna do. And that's how you know that's what pepper does in a spell. So that's what it does for your spell. That's what it does for your spell. If you were to put honey or syrup into a spell, what do you think that would do? Slows stuff down because it's Sweetens sticky. it. Sweetens it, slows stuff down. It sticks to you. Binds it together. Binds it together, absolutely. Because that's what it does. Huh. It's so simple. It's so simple. Well, that's <laughs> because it was born from things like Congo Square, where they had to make do with the things that they were able to get their hands on, the things that they had in great amounts. And that's why that's why a lot of things that are left at the base of the ancestor tree are very common items. Right. Uh, small coins or, you know, a, an orange. Just like easy things that would have been available. Yeah. You know what the common, one of the common things to, to leave to when you request entrance into a cemetery, one of the most common things that you leave are pennies. Yep. And I mean, and we... Why? Well, because they're accessible. Right. And you're, and you're requesting entry. You're, you are making an offering of yourself. 
you, those are your pennies and you're giving those pennies as admittance. And in some ways that is a, a show of respect. You know, I've I, known people that leave pennies on loved ones, headstones. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a common practice as well. Um, and that's not necessarily witchcraft actually. It's more paying chi- uh, Chiron, isn't it? Paying, it paying toll can be, but those are typically going to be like quarters or wow. even half dollars. Um, but in all, the symbolism is still the same. Right. And what you're thinking of specifically is usually on service members' gravestones or tombs. Well, I think the family that I know that does this, I mean, they're Catholic. I think they they call whenever they find pennies, they say they're pennies from heaven. Yeah, that's the thing and too. So they put them on the the gravesite. So if you go to Arlington, on a lot of the graves in Arlington, you'll see money, not just pennies, but money, um, coins, all coins. And each coin, the coins all represent something different. So like a penny okay. is if you were in the same service, right? And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm probably mucking this up for people that actually know. A penny is like if you're in the same service or if you came to visit, right? Whereas a quarter would be if you served in the unit with that person or if you were there when that person was killed. Right. So they all symbolize different things. I know the first time I ever discovered that was at the grave of a guy named Colonel Nick Rowe. Um, And Colonel Nick Rowe was the father of the U.S. Army's intelligence. Um, He's the one that built the entire thing. And his his grave is somewhere that people will make kind of a, a journey to and yeah, so hmm. his his grave is just covered, covered. He's got to hmm. be very rich in pennies. He's very rich in a lot of things, <laughs> not just pennies. Well, thank you for all that extra explanation because it helps. Because <laughs> I don't. No, seriously, it helps because I. I mean, I don't know what you know Florida water is or. Oh, it's a combination. I'm gonna, it's I'm like give a combination you of like alcohol, water. Yeah, it's um like uh some herbs I think are put into it. Well, it's like citrus, right? So it's got like oranges and it. It's got a lot of alcohol, and you can smell that alcohol. But it's supposed to be like a citrusy thing, which is why it's Florida water, right? It's made in Florida, um, by the Lanham and Core. I think they were the original ones, but um, it's an old like cologne. Like oh, okay. the old kind of, right. The old kind of cologne that you could drink if you really wanted to drink alcohol <laughs> back in the day. Um, I'm such an alcoholic. I will drink this cologne. <laughs> yeah. So freaks and geeks does not recommend drinking. Don't, no, don't drink. drink water. Thank you. Jeff will don't be very happy it. with that. <laughs> <laughs> don't drink Florida water. No, it's yeah, um, even though it says water, it's not just water. It is not water. Um, okay. All right. Yeah. But it's really good. I'll give you some when you come down for sure. So you can okay, it may or may not take it. Okay. Well, don't take it. I mean, you don't take it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to use it. So you're going to take a bath in it. Pour it in the bathtub. bathtub. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to pour it right in the bathtub. You can bathe mm-hmm. in it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not the only thing, right? So it's just kind of like, um, it's like putting oils in your bath. Water, bath, bath you know? rituals just, are oh, okay, a big thing in this you. house. Yeah. You just you. give a little boop, boop, little splish splash and you know, then your bath water smells like good alcoholic oranges and that's so it's almost like it's almost like the equivalent of like an essential oil or something like that yeah kind of i mean it's more like um uh pine salt if i had to (laughs) Mm. it's more like pine salt than it is like an essential oil it's definitely liquidy and it's i mean like you literally can use it to clean your floors with like it will clean the floor um 
Yeah. Or, or your body. Or your body <laughs> or anything. I mean, you can put it at the entries to your your you know, your house in, in theory, when you wash the floors with it, you are cleansing the space of all negativity. Um, you can put it at the entry to your house or spray your shoes down with it so that that way you don't have any negative vibes. It has the side effect that it is actually microbiobi- microbial, 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 microbial. Microbial. microbial antimicrobial yes antimicrobial that's what i mean not microbial it is antimicrobial so uh, you know and all rea- i mean because it's got a lot of alcohol in it so in all reality you could use it and spray it on your clothes after a day um and it you know has a lot of so kind of like stuff. the same thing with like burning like sage or yeah exactly like mm-hmm. and things like except that. it okay, smells way it. better or not burning thieves but um diffusing thieves yeah. oil well, it, it just smells way better in my opinion. All right. That's cool. Well, as we were saying, each item has a very specific reason for why it's used, as April just uh, fantastically pointed out. And in conjunction with these items, another common element of voodoo rituals are veves, which I didn't know anything about until I started going over this. Because I just was like, honestly, I was, they it looks like runes. Uh, Chris was like... He was trying to stump the chump earlier. I thought I had a cool yesterday. Piece of, no, it was earlier today. On at dinner. was it? Yeah, we were talking about it at dinner. Oh, he was like, "Did you know <laughs> that there are special <laughs> symbols?" I well, I didn't know if she knew what the name was. I was like, "Hey, check this out!" And then she's like, "Yeah, I already knew that." And I was like, "Well, fuck me." <laughs> he thought he had done see some this shit. Dinner conversation going down. He thought he had really done some shit. We have weird dinner conversations. Uh, I love it. So these are symbols that are drawn on the ground that correspond to whatever this, whatever spirit the priests or priestess are trying to communicate with, and incorporated within a veve are symbols that are unique to the person drawing it. And these relate mostly with the person's heritage and ancestors. And this is significant because a major part of voodoo is honoring one's ancestors. So no two bebes were going to look the same if drawn by two different priests or priestesses. Okay. So, but like, what if they were twins? Well, then, yes, they would look the same. <laughs> Thank you, Carrie. <laughs> so, I don't know anything about that, you know. Like, and and some we actually talked about this at dinner. Um, I had never heard that they were customizable to the person that was drawing it. I mean, I'm sure that they all are all unique in the way that fingerprints are all unique. Mm-hmm. But I thought that Erzuli's Veve was Erzuli's Veve was Erzuli's Veve. No matter who was drawing it, it was that symbol. Although I will say this, I do know that some of the prominent families or groups within Voodoo have their own Veves. Mm. Like for instance, Marie Laveau has her own Veve um, that is her family's Veve. So I didn't know that everyone has a unique way of doing that. So... The the That's way the way that I interpreted it is that the the cent the core veve is the same. It's what's it's what's accompanying it. Oh, okay. I could see is, that. That is what that's the unique part to each person, hmm. and that is showing, um, uh, showing their ancestry. Hmm. So. The main veve is a chicken and dumplings recipe. <laughs> Chicken and How did we get here? Chicken and dumplings. No, she's. But each family 
each, uh, Might you know, depending on what you're asking for, a little seasoning, a little extra spice in there, extra right. sprinkle of salt. That makes sense. To make it your own. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and I have seen... Chicken and dumplings? That's the best food you could come up with? <laughs> That's what I made for dinner tonight. <laughs> <laughs> when I have seen Veve's that I am fairly familiar with, there are often variations. And mm-hmm. I think I had just never thought about why there would be a variation. It just like again uneducated right so whenever i would see it i would be like oh yeah close enough um <laughs> <laughs> yeah i get you I got well it's the, the internet you yeah. know what i mean it's the internet so if it's not a completely spot on then i just was kind of like all right well i mean this is probably some person's you know th- they thought they thought it was a cool symbol and they were like yeah, yeah they didn't put whatever all the other stuff in it but well speaking of the practice of honoring one's ancestors let's look at what it is that practitioners of voodoo are trying to commune with or what it is that they believe. Because we've really, we've, we've gone over a history of how sort of voodoo came, Louisiana voodoo came to be, but we haven't really talked about what kind of the structure is that they're, they believe in. So granted, again, this is a very general overview of the religion. We we're going to keep hammering this home. <laughs> so at the top of the spiritual hierarchy, there is one creator God a parallel that can be easily drawn to Christianity. And this entity's name in some variations of voodoo, because I, I, I had trouble finding like a, a definitive across all uh, flavors of voodoo or anything that comes from voodoo is uh, this, this entity's name. So it just seemed like there are quite a few that hold this entity as this figure and that is uh bonnier and underneath bonnier there are the spirits that are said to hold power over all aspects of man and nature and this is where you have papa legba maman brigitte and baron samdi along with a whole host of others and you know funny and fun fact we covered what is supposedly uh brigitte when we did uh, St. Bridget's Day. St. Bridget's Day. Because they're said to be, I don't know if it's one and the same, or Maman Brigitte is said to be a descendant from uh, Brigitte. Hmm. Although I could, I could see, I could see <laughs> either way, yes. And Baron Samdi. My, my favorite, but that's just because of the way he's portrayed in World of Warcraft. He's fun. He's just, he's just World a, of Warcraft. Yeah. He, he has a parallel in World of Warcraft because World of Warcraft decided to do a almost voodoo-centric uh, race for one of their expansions. It was uh, <clears throat> in tro- like the race of trolls in World of Warcraft has always been very mystical, very sort of voodoo-esque. In fact, I think one of the lines they say is, you come get the voodoo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, they had an entire expansion where it was based around Loa's. And Baron Samdi is his counterpart was called Buon Samdi. Buon Samdi, and he served the same per- served the same purpose. He's uh, the God of the Dead. Well, I hesitate to say God, Spirit of the Dead. What's that other game that you play that he's in? Oh, you're talking about Smite. Smite with all the gods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in that game, he just jumps on top of a coffin and sucks everybody into it. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> 
a little different take it's a on hell of it. a finishing move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Off the top rope. <laughs> I want to play Smite really bad, but I am not You can sure. play the computer, you know. I'm not sure that I'm... If, if I was going to have you play, it would just be me and you against the computer. I think I would stress out about it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it on easy. <laughs> it looks really fun, but um, and so underneath these spirits is where it is said that one's ancestors are. So when you're performing rituals or praying at altars, it is believed that your ancestors are the ones who commune with or bring the spirits to you. Again, ancestors like your ancestors are a huge part of voodoo. Huge, huge. Oh God. <laughs> Now, what would a discussion about Louisiana voodoo be without talking about probably the most famous voodoo practitioner, that of Marie Laveau, which, just like the religion itself, actually does not have much really known about her. Like, there are multitudes of stories regarding, regarding Marie Laveau, but as far as concrete, written-down accounts, there is very little. So... We plan on bringing you what is accepted, generally accepted as the history of Marie Laveau. But just know, it is something of a topic of contention. So, we don't know 100% sure this is the history. We just have sort of an idea. We're conjecturing. Yeah. But this is, like I said... When you go through, when you go through sources, this is usually, this is pretty much what the story is. And so, and again... If we if we're wrong, we apologize and please correct us if you. Know yeah, let wrong. us know because I definitely want to know. We literally have Marie right above us as we speak, looking down on us. Yep, looking down on us. <laughs> so, Marie Laveau is thought to have been born in 1801, the daughter of a plantation owner named Charles Laveau and a black mistress named Marguerite. That's now, my Mar sister's middle name. Your sister's middle name is Marguerite. Mm -hmm. I like it. I think it's cool. It doesn't flow with her first name. It did. Oh, I guess. It, I guess that's true. <clears throat> it's not future proofing. That's what. That's what that problem was. <laughs> so Marie's mo <laughs> Marie's mother was a practitioner of voodoo, something that she would pass on to her daughter. It is believed that Marie's father would become the mayor. Uh, become a mayor of New Orleans, which seems a little prophetic given Marie's later involvement with the rich and powerful members of New Orleans. A young Marie Laveau would come to marry a man by the name of Jacques Paris. Now, Jacques was a carpenter, and he would father two children with Marie Laveau, and he would mysteriously go missing in 1824, never to be seen again. And mysteriously. Yes. Air quotes. Uh, and Marie would claim that he had died, although no one really knew for certain. And some theories that he just up and left and with, and Marie didn't want to admit that her husband just outright left her. So just said, oh, he died. Now I'm a widow. What? You mean like up and left like I'm sick of this shit and left? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Chucked up deuces and just walked out the door. <laughs> what a jerk <laughs> well, I mean it, it's very possible that he just died <laughs> I mean to her, her account could be accurate no one knows so following Jacques disappearance Marie would take up work 
in a beauty parlor as a hairdresser. And this is where she would start to ingratiate herself into the lives of the wealthy population of New Orleans. Because if you were hot stuff about town, you had to get your hair done by Marie Laveau. Get that hair done. I need my hair done. I mean, I think you look beautiful regardless. Oh, thanks, babe. You're welcome. (laughs) While working as a hairdresser, she serviced many of the wives of the wealthy men in town. And she would hear all the juicy gossip and rumors these women would talk about. Spilling all the tea. Mm. Do kids still use that phrase nowadays? Delicious. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) If there's one thing April loves, it's tea. True. Information that no doubt served as a benefit when Marie started to openly offer voodoo services for people around New Orleans. And it is during this time that she is working as a hairdresser that Marie would start a relationship with Christophe de Glapion. And Marie and Christophe were are said to have 15 children together. Jeez. Oof. Literally Marie. a portal. You were saying that you, you were talking about portals earlier. That is a portal. Marie. It's a stargate. Y'all didn't have a hobby? <laughs> that was the hobby. Well, then that makes it 17 children total that she get, had. Yep. Get off her. <laughs> that, what uh, was it? The, the Duggards? Whatever had like 21 kids or something like yeah. that. What was that family Ugh. that was on the TV? Duggars are gross. Anyway, Ugh. sorry. Well, a need to <laughs> <laughs> a need to care for all these children would cause Marie to step away from her job as a hairdresser. Although it is thought that she would keep the connection she made during this profession. Because if there's one thing you need, it's connections. Now. It is during this time that Marie really started her venture into the world of voodoo. Recall her mother was said to be a voodoo practitioner, so it is likely that Marie had some knowledge of rituals and traditions, but it is during this time that she comes under the tutelage of another famous voodoo priest, that of Dr. John, which I thought Dr. John was like a cool rocker or like he played the piano or something like that. Everything about Dr. Teeth from the Muppets? No, not Dr. Teeth. That's what I was thinking of. Well, Dr. Teeth is based off of an actual person, and I think that dude's name was Dr. John. Are you thinking of Dr. Martin? No. No, there is is a musician called Dr. John. Yeah. From New Orleans. I know Little John. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) But that's what I, like, when when I was going through this, I was like, uh, did did the musician Dr. John like reappropriate the name because he came from New Orleans? <laughs> I mean, probably would probably. be my guess. Well, either way. Are you talking about Dr. Fibes? No. No, Dr. John was... <laughs> <laughs> what? Stacy out of left field. <laughs> no, because didn't you say something about a musician? Wasn't yeah, his name is Dr. John. He's from New Orleans. <laughs> he actually has a very distinct voice. Like you know it when you hear it. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like Stacy out of left field. Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh-oh. It's your homework. Look it up. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here it is. Oh, shit. That was just funny. No, <laughs> <laughs> Chris, don't. Chris, oh. Chris, here we go. <laughs> I'm not doing it. It's April. She's the one doing it. <laughs> oh my God. This is your fault. You did this. You did this. Folks, is she going to pee? Is oh. she going to pee tonight? <laughs> we haven't had a good Stacy peeing episode in quite a while. That's how no, you know. I'm not gonna pee. <laughs> God damn it. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, wait, I'm going to pee. <laughs> you are actively trying to kill Stacy. Oh, my stomach hurts. Oh, I'm crying. I mean, it's oh, just like, funny. you know, it's harvesting it for oh. magical purposes. I like to oh. harvest Stacy laughter for magical <laughs> Purposes. Bottle it up. Like, bottle it up. Just like grab it. Just it like Ursula and Ariel's voice. Just <laughs> you guys were talking about doctors, and I was like thinking, and I wasn't really paying attention to what you were saying. That I heard somebody say musician. <laughs> that was just funny. Let me go get my seashell so I can gather this up. <laughs> oh man. So. Oh, to clarify that. for you, Dr. John, the musician, did create his persona and take his mm-hmm. idea for that persona mm-hmm. and the name from the Dr. John. Yes. That, okay. Yes. Oh, well. Synchronicities. <laughs> Synchronicities. <laughs> so, <sighs> so, Dr. John, not the musician would be the one to start Marie Laveau onto her path to becoming the Queen of Voodoo in New Orleans. A title which is currently held by Bloody Mary, if I am correct. Yes? Yes. Is she the queen or a queen? I think she is the queen. Okay, because the the, some of the things that I was reading made it sound like there can be multiple queens. I think there can be multiple queens. I only know of Bloody Mary, though. Bloody Mary Milan. And you had a personal, what, like, you, like, went to a class by her or something? Oh, I've like been to a handful. Really? Yeah. She does seem very open about, like, I wouldn't say teaching voodoo, but educating. She is, um, she's a pretty good teacher. I mean, like, obviously, unbiased review, um... She, her classes are really nice. I really enjoy them. She does take on students from all over the world. Um, I've had a handful of classes by her. Um, I even did a series at one point where, you know, we were basically building on each class after the other. Um, she's super nice to work with. She's very knowledgeable. You can like, the thing that I like the most about her is that once you have a class with her and she's kind of familiar with you, you can like email her afterward and ask her specific questions and she'll reply to you. That's cool. Yeah. So you kind of get this rapport going. Um, And it's really, it's a wild thing to be in the age of the internet where you can reach out to the queen of voodoo herself (laughs) and have a a personal class with her and be able to talk and be able to, a lot of what she does in her classes though, um, 
she will talk about, you know, symbolism and ritual and stuff like that. But she also does like guided meditation and like trying to get in touch with your um, psychic abilities. And I mean, it's, I think that is, highly well, that, worth is it. that is one thing that like, and, and I've, you know, I've seen interviews and stuff with her that she, she says is that she believes that everyone has psychic abilities. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of how, like what those abilities are. Yeah. And she like, uh, you know, a lot of the, I guess it's a temple. I guess it's a temple. Hmm. Um, I'm, and this is me being ignorant again, but like the church that she works with, the temple that she works with, whatever the most appropriate term is. Her house? It is her house, but like she also <laughs> works with like a specific hmm, parishioners. Like she has, mm. like there is she has a you, congregation. You're right, a congregation. That's where I'm trying to go with this. Um, she she does have a temple that she works out of as well. That, that where they do, you know, services for services lack of a better term, yeah. and ritual and stuff like that as well. Not just her house, but. Um, yeah, and she she can also like you can go to mm-hmm. one of these services. Um, she also can marry you. Like she provides a whole lot of services. That to the would community. be fucking crazy. We should do that for be, like a get, get our married, vows renewed. Get married by Bloody Mary. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she also does tours, and she does like ghost hunts. She does all sorts of stuff. Like honestly. If you go to New Orleans and you are interested in pursuing this stuff and kind of learning more about it, if I you're just interested recommend. in the spiritual world at all. I mean, it- yeah. Although apparently, why well, just looked up your guy, mm-hmm. Robbie, Roby, yep, Roby, and he does a lot of tours and stuff too. Yep. You can go meet with him and do classes and do all sorts of stuff. So next time we go, we should meet up and see what the deal is. Maybe yeah. we can get an in person interview. That'd be awesome. It'll be cool. All right. So, one thing that Marie would bring to the Louisiana voodoo traditions was a deep Catholic influence. And so, the Catholic influence uh, were always there. We'll, we'll don't, we're not going to forget that. So, Marie was a devout Catholic, said to never miss a mass at church. And voodoo has always had that tint of, you know, Catholic practices to it, but it is thought that Marie would use the Catholic traditions to make voodoo more marketable and accessible to the white, wealthy people around New Orleans. You know, people are scared of what they don't understand. Right. It's very common. It's a very common thing that we see, especially when it comes to, you know, spirituality and stuff like that. It looks weird and it doesn't jive with what I know or I believe I to understand. So it must not be like, it must be evil or something, you know, something along those lines. So giving it sort of, again, the facade of Christian, um, you know, or not traditions, but like a, a Christian blanket over what is voodoo is more likely to bring those individuals in, into or come to you because hey i can under i can understand the use of holy water and i can just understand the use of incense i see these in church so what they're what she's practicing or what she's doing must not be that bad because she's using things that i understand or i can recognize very great very smart in her way 
So she would use holy water, she'd use incense, she used statues of saints, and she would also use Catholic prayers. And it provided these people with something that's familiar to them. Although it must be said that Marie did not just cater or service the wealthy people about town, but she also did work for the more impoverished and less fortunate. Like she would, you know, healings or blessings, uh, charms, stuff like that. She's providing services for everybody. So let's not make, I just wanted to make sure it didn't look like, you know, she's just servicing the rich people to get rich. Right. Because <clears throat> definitely not the case. There's a reason this woman is looked at as a saint. <laughs> so some of the services that Marie, Marie would provide to the people would include the creation of gris gris bags. Or gris gris bags. Gris gris bags. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, charms, powders, which were used to cure ailments, and divination was a big one that uh, a big service that Marie would provide. Although Marie Laveau's ability to read the future is where her time as a hairdresser is believed to have a major impact. This is believed that Marie would speak. It is also believed that Marie would speak to the servants within the homes of the wealthy to collect information. Sort of have little informants like little fingers. But mm -hmm. through all of her work, Marie would quickly rise to the position of the Queen of Voodoo in New Orleans. A position she would hold until her death in 1881. Although it is suspected that near the end of her life, Marie would have her daughter also named Marie Laveau, take up her mantle in her stead. And uh, Marie's daughter would also take over her mother's legacy after her death, but is believed she did not have the same abilities as her mother. Hmm. Which I thought, I, I wonder if she planned that out. Like, I'm going to have one daughter named Marie Laveau, so that way she can just be my stand-in. <laughs> she actually had several daughters named Marie because it was a custom at the time to give all the daughters the first name Marie, mm -hmm. and then they would go by their middle names as a common name. For boys, first name Joseph, go by their middle name as their common name. Right. Well, that's weird. No, I think that's that's a Catholic thing, no, I think, because you, you see a mm -hmm. lot of, we talked about this in a previous episode, where you see a lot of girls named Mary, mm -hmm. but then have middle name and go by their middle name. Well, what's weird about it, April, what's your, what's your normal middle name? Murray. What's my normal middle name? What's mine? Joseph. Joseph. My middle name is Synchronicities. Mary. Well, if your middle name was Joseph, I'd be a little weirded out. So No, but my but my middle name is Marie. You know, I mean standard. Every white woman in their thirties and early forties is Nick is her middle name is Marie. Yep. <laughs> Except, except for Carrie. Shaking her head. Although although my younger sister's middle name is Mary. Carrie's middle name is Swampwater. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Swamp Peaches. Gary Peaches. Peaches Longest. Peaches. Peacha. Carrie Vandolph Longest. <laughs> uh, inside joke. Excellent. <laughs> now. Excellent. Vandolph. Uh, <laughs> Marie Laveau is believed to have been laid to rest in St. Louis Cemetery in New Orleans in her family's crypt. And I say believed to no. because I believe I say it the French way. Yeah, it's probably St. Louis. St. Louis. Sorry. I apologize. Um, when we did, when we went to New Orleans, they wouldn't 
confirm whether or not she was actually interred there. Correct? Um, I think they said that she had initially been interred there or was believed to have been mm-hmm. initially interred there, but that her body might have been moved mm-hmm. because of the attention to the gravesite. But um, so something I didn't know is apparently the misfits, the band, the misfits were arrested in 1982 for attempting to exhume her body. Oh, well, that could be one of the reasons why they decided to move it. Maybe. How do you even let's, get to that point? I mean, you're sitting not. around as a band and say, hey, let's go do this. That is... Listen, man, punk rock is a hell of a drug. Yeah. Well, I'm sure <laughs> drugs are a hell of a drug. <laughs> right? So, unfortunately, the cemetery today is a bit difficult to get into due to vandalism um, and people <laughs> trying course. to dig up Marie Laveau's body. I believe that it also, her specific section of the cemetery is also currently shut down. So mm-hmm. you can't actually go near her grave right now. Uh, oh, but good. Let her rest. But, you know, prior to this time, people would come from all over to pay respects to Marie as well as make offerings and ask for favors. Uh, pictures of Marie Laveau's crypt are covered in X's, which were believed to be what one needed to do in order to call out to Marie Laveau's spirit. Uh, and there are some. Wait, uh, you draw an X on it, or? Yep. Uh, some some people say one X, but I've also seen where you draw three X's, mm-hmm. and you knock three times, and then you you know, say what you um your your you say your favor that you're asking Marie for, and then you know it's thought that if she finds you worthy, she will come and grant you whatever it is that you're asking. Do you think she minds being bothered that much? Um, I mean, it, if she played the role that she is said to play, where she uh, did everything she could to help those in need, then mm-hmm. I yeah. don't think that she would. So... <laughs> what? What? I could be wrong about this. I don't think I am, though. Um, Nope. I'm pretty sure I'm not. Okay, so... (laughs) You're going to get to it? (laughs) Yeah, it's... I'm not wrong about it. I just confirmed. Okay, so... uh, There... So, in New Orleans, there is a belief that there are seven gates to the Mm. voodoo afterlife and there are thoughts that you could go to these each of these seven gates in a specific order um and i don't know what the order is you might be able to find it i don't know um please don't try this Uh, i don't think you even can try this anymore because i think a lot of these places are not accessible but um you go to the seven gates in a specific order and you do certain things at the seven gates. And then at the seventh gate, you will be greeted by, um, we've talked about this in the past. Yeah. Baron Sam D and you will be able to, is it Baron? I thought it was Papa Legba. Uh, uh, it's Baron. Hmm. And you will basically be able to have a conversation with him where you, you know, maybe could enter the underworld or maybe could ask a favor or whatever. So Marie Laveau's tomb is actually one of the gates. Mm. I swear me and you have talked about this before. 
Uh, we probably Did we talk about this maybe once when we talked about your trip to New Orleans. Yeah, we probably, probably talked about it when we talked about the trip to New Orleans. So yeah, so I think her tomb is one of the portals, right? One of the specific gates, um, and I believe that the X's correspond the to. It is the first one. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yes. Are you sure? Are you arguing with? Well, Carrie? that's one. I mean, I don't know for sure, obviously, but one popular theory is that hers is the first and you have to follow Baron Samdi's Veve and it corresponds to the seven gates mm. and then he'll meet you at the seven. Okay. So there you go. Um, but the the three X's and the knocking and stuff like that is a part of that ritual from what I understand. But uh, also something to be noted is that the three knocks uh, is very symbolic of things that were pulled from Catholicism. Three is a big number in Catholicism. Am I not, am I right? The Father, Son, yeah, and three Holy is a, Spirit. Three, yeah, Holy I mean Trinity. it's the it's the Holy Trinity. I mean, yeah. demons. I don't know that we demons are said to, like to knock three times to mock the Trinity, according to Zach Bagans. They. <laughs> 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 hey Zach, how are you? Yeah, we haven't had a good Zach moment. <laughs> Bagons. <laughs> so there's this guy that I like to listen to a lot. Uh huh. On YouTube, mm-hmm. his name is Mister Something. Okay. Ballin, Mister Ballin. That's what his name is. Anyway, his name is Mister Ballin. Oh, I thought you were intentionally leaving his name. Out. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I couldn't remember. Something. His name is Mister Ballin, um, and he's really great. And so you guys will like him if you if you are interested in stuff and you want to listen to something throughout the day. Mister Ballin, that's a good one. Um, he does a really really good job. So he's really funny. But in one episode, he was talking about the demon house. And in Gary, Indiana. In Gary, it? Indiana. I was trying to remember where. And um, he was talking about how this this man who was like a paranormal enthusiast had bought the house and he called him Zach Bagans. And it's, <laughs> uh, I laugh about it every time now. Oh my. Zach Bagans. Uh, Zach Bagans. Well, the, the last thing to note and something I brought up before, there are some sects of Louisiana voodoo that look to Marie Laveau as uh, uh, that that looked to her as a saintly figure um, after her passing uh, and a big you know one of the big reasons that people would go to her grave not only to try and I guess chase the seven gates uh, which sounds like a an LSD trip it sounds like Indiana Jones <laughs> Indiana Jones and the seven voodoo gates um, I mean Hey, there's another Indiana Jones movie that just wrapped. But Harrison Ford, need, Harrison so, Ford needs mon- so much I mean, money. he did Crystal Skulls, so. And it was horrible. But that concludes our story on voodoo. Yeah. And again, we will preface, we won't preface, but we will, we will say we are not initiated. This has just been an overview historical research and all that jazz. Yeah. Um, It is a, it's some of the, like the brief views that you get of what they can show for rituals and stuff like that. It's fan. mm -hmm. It's fantastic. And like, I would, I would love to know more about the symbolism of why they do what they do. Granted, that's not something I'm privy to because obviously, um, but it's it's 
I mean, it's, as we said before, it literally permeates the city of New Orleans. You walk into the city, especially to the French Quarter in, in those areas, and you just, you know there's magic in the air, as cliche as it sounds. Yeah. And <laughs> no. makes the swamp water in my veins get all hot and bothered. All juicy. All, all juicy, juicy. Gushy. There's definitely a feeling there. Yeah. And I mean, if you do nothing else, like just go into go into a voodoo shop and just like look at the altars. Oh, yeah. And they're like they're. And I think judging by what is laid at those altars, you were going to figure out what those altars are for. Yeah. And the, <laughs> the Voodoo Museum is really interesting, yes. too. Like, that's such a cool. We spent like two hours or oh something like God. that in the Voodoo yeah, Museum. We were, it ain't even that big. Yeah. It's basically like someone's house. And yeah. it's just, it's, you know, it's smaller than a grocery store. Like, it's tiny. It's, it's about as big as this house. Honestly, probably a little bit smaller. Yeah. Um, and so it's just... It's like the size of one floor of this house. I think. Yeah. It's just <laughs> wandering from room to room and like seeing all of the different, um, you know... Artifacts, paraphernalia. Artifacts and altars and, you know, letters that people have written to the, you know, whichever Orisha and um, or Loa and like just... <sighs> Maybe something you can help me understand, um, because I didn't actually see um, the spirits described as Loas when I was going through all the material. I saw Orishas, and even then, that was sparingly. But Loa wasn't a term that I really saw, which I thought I thought in Louisiana voodoo, Loa was how the spirits were referred to as. Is that would that does that jive with what you guys have understood? From my understanding, I don't. I don't have any understanding. Well, so I can't, <laughs> well you're weighing on this. You're here learning with the rest of us, Stacy. Yes, they would. Orishas and Lowood would be sort of an interchangeable word, mm-hmm. a similar description. Um, but the kind of the way that I understood it is that there are Loa families, so like. Um, mm. Baron Samdi and Mama and Brigitte, they're part of the Loa that works with like the dead. Right. And so there is, um, gosh, hold on. I knew his name earlier and forgot about it. Um, but there's another Loa that they sort of adopted. They adopted another person into their Loa. So then there would be another Loa that oversees life or, you know, what have you. Interesting. I did. I did see. Um, there was a. Uh, uh, was it? The, it was like LWA. Now, I I could easily see I think where. There's just another spelling. Yeah, I could easily yeah, see where. Yeah, it's the where, same as the Loa. I could easily see where we took what I presume to be Loa, is how I would look at it, and then just made it into LOA instead of LWA. Loa. So you want to talk about synchronicity? Sure. I love talking about synchronicities. Synchronicities. So a family of Loa yep. are called a what? A penny. No. Oh, I'm not African. <laughs> um what? A GD. A GD. A GD. Oh. 
I think it's Gaty. Gaty. Giggity. Giggity. Um, how is that a synchronicity? The reason that I call it, a, it's like JD. Yeah. And the reason that I know this is because um, here's the spelling. You've got to be shitting me. I'm not shitting you. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, the my. reason What's that the I know how to spell it <laughs> is because it's G-U-E-D-E. Gaiety. Yeah. Oh, my. F- wow. Um, it's, it's his ex-wife's <laughs> last name. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not catching this. No, it's fun. It's funny. It could um, be because I'm literally like exhausted. <laughs> no, it's not. The it's other just funny. spelling that I saw is G-H-E-D-E. Yep. Giddy. What are the odds? Uh, well, actually, her and I talked about it last time she was here. She'll be here tomorrow, so we can talk about it tomorrow. Fun conversations. Yeah. Well, I mean, I did ask her, you know, like, do you know the origins of your last name? Like, do you know where that came from? Like, how did you, like, what, can you talk to me about your ancestors? And she didn't really know a whole lot. So hopefully we'll be able to have some conversation tomorrow about like, Hey, well, this is why. <laughs> hopefully, this she's is done why her research. Is that what you're saying? No. I, well, hopefully, we can <laughs> have the conversation she's done her about research before she shows up. Well, I'll, or I'll do it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Be like, girl, I'm gonna talk to your great, 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 great grandmother. Well, that is that's all we have. We hope that you have enjoyed this little this peek into the world of voodoo. Um, if you have you know information or you know, like we said, if we got something wrong, please let us know. Yep. Hit us up on the social meds. We do love to hear from people. Tell even us, us. even if they're people just asking us to get off of their Facebook page. Oh my God. So many times. <laughs> get I, off. I don't Facebook I don't know if these get people get off now. Like it's my girl. Facebook page and I want you off now. <laughs> like, girl, I don't know if you know this, but J-G we can't Wentworth. We can't friend you. <laughs> We're not friending you. We don't, we can't do shit. We're just floating in the ether of meta. We're floating in it. The metaverse. We can't, we like, I can like your comment. If you leave a comment, I can, um, tag you in things. Maybe sometimes I can't, um, I can't, that's what I can do. I have no control over whether you have liked us or followed us or any of that stuff. I, I can't, we can't control that. If you are on our page or you reach our page, trust me, man, we don't even know you're there. Um, and that's not to say that we don't appreciate you. If you are one of our followers, if you are one of our fans, I hate to say fans. I don't like fans. If you're one of our geeky family, we appreciate the shit out of you. But if you're like aunt, old Aunt Edna, and somehow you have landed on our page in error and you keep getting messages saying that freaks and geeks are doing something and you don't like that and you keep sending us hate mail. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I think like those people are probably not listening to this right now. So probably not. While your message is She's putting it out into I the universe. It's falling on deaf ears. She's putting Honestly, it out to the universe. I'm just venting because the yeah, amount of like the amount of messages, the amount of messages that we get that are like 
stop following me. And it's like, oh, stop I, following woman, me. lady, I don't. I don't even know you. I'm not following you. I don't want to follow you. Like, here's a, here's the, the Facebook how-to. Have people become that self-centered because of Facebook? It's really bad. Wow. No, I don't think it's that. I think it's... I think what it is, is they will... Understanding of the technology. Right. Well, they will see something that they think is funny or cute. They'll like it, and then they'll like the page, and then they'll forget that they liked the page, and they'll get mm-hmm. something else random that isn't something they're interested in, and they're suddenly it's like... It's probably not even on their Facebook page. It's probably in their feed. Yeah, it's it the is. the lack of being able to use the terminology correctly. Yeah. It's like, in their get feed. Get off my Facebook page. It's like, first of all, it's not your Facebook page. It's your news feed. And like, it's just not even worth the well, conversation. Well, those, those, you lovely people who have stuck through here yes. and are listening now, Thank this you. doesn't go to you because you yes. are the real Yeah, MVP. you're our lifeblood. Yeah. You are my number one guy. Thank you, Jack Nicholson from the 1980s version of Batman. Where does he get those toys? Um, yes. Your head enjoy- is slowly sinking back into your neck into the hot dog stance. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way I can properly do Jack Nicholson is slowly become a hot dog. The only way you can do Jack Nicholson is to slowly become Robin Williams from Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> no, when he goes, when he's sitting there at the Asian scene, he's like, I can do a great impression of a hot dog. <laughs> That's it. That's that you. is it. Indeed, it is it. But yeah, hit us up on the social media. Send us an email at freaksandgeeks.com. Yeah, um, I've actually finally updated our website because apparently oh, I haven't been man. doing that. But hey, it's updated Woo-hoo. now. So go check it out freaksandgeekspodcast.com. And Put one, yourself on report. I, you know what? I was ashamed. I was very ashamed because I was like, I swear I've been doing this and I have not. But I fixed it. And there's, there's one last thing before we leave that April needs to tell you about. Ooh. Ooh, baby, I love Ooh. your ways. Um, <laughs> I would do anything, but I won't do that. Um, hey, listen, guys. <laughs> Friends, geeky family. Um, I know that I just yelled at y'all, and I'm sorry. Wasn't it that? It, it was... wasn't really you. It was just you're in the room while the yelling is happening. Listen, and I kind of facilitated that a little bit. Well, Chris triggered me real bad, <laughs> and then I kind of jumped in with you. Is that not my job as your husband? Triggered the shit out of me. Um, because we and just... it's my job as Stacy to can to you know just add to keep the, poking add, the add fuel to the fire. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, if you enjoy what we do, um, if you enjoy listening to these episodes, they will always be free for you. We will always keep our regular episodes free, but over on our Patreon page, we have so much more content. We have um, special little episodes that are just waiting for you to give us specifically just a little, yeah, specifically you, your name's on it. We signed it. It's yours forever. In blood. Um, Yep. In blood. I have your name tattooed on me somewhere. Go ahead over (laughs) somewhere. Go ahead and just, you know, give us a little bit of your hard-earned money. 
Um, if you feel we deserve it. If you feel we deserve it, yeah. Also, I will tell you that 100% of any donations that we get at Patreon um, while the Ukraine-Russian war is going on will be donated to Ukrainian um, rescue efforts through Red Cross, ICRC, all sorts of things. Um, So... And we have a whole list of those on our webpage as well, on our Facebook page. So if you want to donate directly and not even go through us, that's fine too. By all means, go for it. Just we want to, in this time and even through the reconstruction efforts afterward, we want to support Ukraine and all of our friends and family over there. So For sure. Yep. All right. Well, to all you lovely, beautiful people out there in podcast land, we hope... We hope that you stay freaky and you also stay geeky and we will catch you on the flip flop. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks guys. See you next time.